It takes more than being in 30 Slack teams at once to be a great software engineer. This is episode 93 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. How many Slack teams are you in? I actually had a great Slack purge this year. I'm only in three. Okay. I had a purge and I'm only in eight, so... (laughs) (laughs) I had like one channel for every conference I had ever been to, you know? Yeah, yeah. There are a lot that I had every single channel i was in muted and then i thought why am i here and if i if i were in all these and participated would i be able to do anything else with my life the answer is no (laughs) no but i would be really up to date on all the haps anyways (laughs) soft skills engineering is a podcast where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development hey we'd like to thank our patreon supporters uh this week we'd like to thank dustin coates and if you would like to support the show, we would very much appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash softskillseng and pledge. All right. Should we read the first question? Yes, we should. Uh, who is the we that will read it? <laughs> Probably should. Well, I, just I want to read it. <laughs> I just assume when you say we, you mean the royal we. Yeah. <laughs> I am wearing purple slippers, which is <laughs> the royal color. So nice. It fits. Okay, this is from a listener named Sam. My job doesn't seem to leave room for negotiating salaries or raises at our year-end review. Is this normal? The process is that I write myself evaluation, and then the process proceeds from my manager to my second-level manager and then to HR. I'm not involved until my manager sits down with me to let me know my new salary. Is there a way to ask for more once they've shown this to me, or will that be too late? They don't seem to leave room to negotiate salary. Uh... I'm not surprised because (laughs) (laughs) employees never negotiate down. So what do you think is going to happen if they introduce like, and step three is give 30 minutes for the employee to make a case for more money. Yeah. Here's what we're thinking. Would you like that to be higher, (laughs) lower, or the same? (laughs) That was probably deliberate. (laughs) Have you tried the Oliver method where you just look down at the piece of paper and then look back up and say, please, sir, I want some more. <laughs> and then if I remember correctly, the the manager who is like in a top hat and a waistcoat and has a big long <laughs> stick is like, more, you want more? And then I think, I think it ends up well at the end of the movie, right? Uh, I can't remember. Or does he die? Is that one of those bad ones where he dies? <laughs> Never ask for more. It leads to death. Eventually, in 700 pages. Because <laughs> he got paid by the word. <laughs> uh, but he definitely doesn't get more right then. That's for sure. That's right. Or ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a little bit more context on this question that we edited out was that... Um, managers tend to wait until the very last minute to write up all the evaluations and then they rush it through the system in the last couple days. So there's very limited room. That I feel like every time I hear people talk about evaluations, it's always at the last minute managers or individuals doing their own or I don't know. It seems like a thing everyone puts off. Yeah. I can see why it's kind of like tricky and painful. And also it's not related to your, your normal day-to-day job and, I I I can see why that would be the case, but I don't think it's excusable in any way. Not that I say, not that I think you're giving an excuse here, but I mean, this is like a really important part of your job as a manager to do these well and make sure your team is well compensated, correctly compensated. 
you know, and that they're happy with their compensation so they can produce their best work. Kind of sucks that they rush it through, you know? Yeah. So, so you're saying this is, if you're a manager, this is like a lever to, to reward your team, not just busy work that you have to get through. Oh, yeah, I, I sure. think that's how a lot of people see it. It's just like stuff on their calendar that they have to crank through. So what do you think? Is it too late um, once they come back and they have the paper and it's been approved by a manager, a second level manager and HR? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no personal experience with a process like this, so I have no idea. I, I don't know. I mean, let me tell you how negotiating the price of my used car that I bought went. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up. I told them how much money I had in cash and they were like, oh, okay. I guess that's how much the car cost. Then. <laughs> wait, did you wait so, for them to make an offer first? No, no, no. I, I knew like how much the price was. And I was like, well, cool. I'll just write a check for that. Amount then. <laughs> and I, they were actually, they were kind of bummed because I guess they make a lot of money on financing, but Oh, for sure. I didn't, I didn't know that that was like the start of the negotiation, not how much the car cost. <laughs> wait, this wait is a, a long time ago. Wait a minute. What if, you could bring these two worlds together, financing and annual reviews. Uh, it sounds like it would be on the blockchain somehow. <laughs> it would have to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell me more. I'm listening. Blockchain. Yes. <laughs> I heard blockchain. <laughs> what do you mean? I Well, I mean, it's like you could come to the manager and say, like, maybe you could make money off financing the way a used car salesman makes money off financing. Okay. Blockchain. I think blockchain is the missing link in there. <laughs> I haven't thought it all the way through, but I'm pretty sure blockchain is the part There's not I really thought a model about. here or a, or, or a way to make money, but blockchain will do that. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay. I thought you were saying flip it on its head by saying like, I need to go to my manager with this number <laughs> when they give you your, your, percentage increase like let me take it back to the tower <laughs> let me see what the manager says um huh so, so what do you think is I, there it's once absolutely. you get this piece of paper slid across to you <laughs> too late can you just scratch it out and write like <laughs> i don't know add a zero on it or something <laughs> Oh, you wrote 8%. I'm pretty sure you meant 80%. <laughs> totally too late. I mean, think huh. think about the approval process here. He mentioned in the, Sam mentioned in his question, there's a manager writes the evaluation, sorry, employee writes self-evaluation, manager writes evaluation, second level manager reviews and approves, HR business partner reviews and approves, and then there's a one-on-one -on -one meeting. So if you want to change that number, you're going to have to go through that process again, right? Like, and not only are you a little bit too late, you are months too late. If there hmm. is a target that you wanted, and your manager doesn't know what that target is going into the salary re review process, you missed the boat already. At the start of that process, you were already late. I mean, I, ideally, you would know what you want for the year. You would you would have evidence to back up why you deserve it, and then your manager would start there, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. You're saying it's not even on the manager to have another step at the beginning. It's it's on you to to figure out what's a reasonable number and to tell your manager this is what you're shooting for yeah i mean it would be great if the manager did that but mm -hmm. don't count on it especially in especially the way i'm reading into this question you know that they put it off and they rush it and it happens sure. in the last couple of days of the year yeah by the way those last date let's see what were the dates oh january 31st that's not too bad i thought it was december 31st i'm like wait a minute <laughs> that's a terrible time 
<laughs> right before the New Year's Eve party or during it. <laughs> If it's during the party, sometimes these parties get pretty wild. So well, we're all staying up late. Favor. May as well be working on reviews and comp plans. The tap brew flows like wine at these parties. So <laughs> you just need <laughs> good timing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Judgment is Lower impaired. your manager's inhibitions. <laughs> Add a zero. I did mean 80%. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> I don't know. That seems really reasonable. I'm trying to think of anything to add. And I think you have summed it up that performance <laughs> reviews should be the, the result of a year-long process of you proactively informing your manager what you're doing and also summarizing what you've done after you have told them what you've been doing. And, and yeah, I like that. At, at a previous company where I worked for several years, they, were, they went through a couple of acquisitions. And the final acquisition was a gigantic defense contractor with a bunch of process And it was during that year that I had a, a annual performance review and wanted a new, new salary. And I went to my boss and I said, look, I want a 20% raise this year. 20% for context isn't necessarily huge, especially in this day of golden software salary time. But it was way outside of the company's like normal clamps that they put on your salary. Uh, for like managers had basically like 5% of latitude where they could, okay. they could go up to 5% without needing like CEO approval and the CEO doesn't approve anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I told him I wanted 20%. I gave him a couple of months heads up, told him I wanted 20%. And when the raise came through, it was 5%. So <laughs> 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 even if you ask, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get what you asked for but if you don't ask then what you get you have no influence on and that's a crappy situation what so how did that conversation go did your manager just like guffaw and <laughs> say like okay dave <laughs> no he no he was very respectful he he was like yeah i will work on that i'll see what i can do and then mm -hmm. when the review time came down he was like here it is it's five percent and i looked at him and i said i wanted 20 percent <laughs> yeah and he was like yeah i know <laughs> he, was, he was so beaten down by the system <laughs> he, he honestly like didn't say anything else he didn't really explain himself or anything he was just kind of like ah. <laughs> 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 but here's the crazy part about a, a couple of months later i got a great job opportunity to quit and go to a new company for about a 20 raise and so i told my I actually went to my boss's boss and resigned, said, I'm leaving, I'm going here. And, and of course, he wanted to engage in a conversation and talk about the new terms of the new company, yada, yada, came out to be about 20%. And he goes, give me one weekend to uh, make a counterproposal to you. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. So I came back after the weekend. And wouldn't you know, he had a 20% raise <laughs> ready to go. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, people. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. How did you arrive at that number? As what you uh, wanted as your target. I think it just sounded big. <laughs> I don't know. I don't It's just like, that'll make me a good person. <laughs> yeah, that'll make me happy. That'll give me finally the yeah. happiness that I've been seeking. <laughs> happiness is 20% more than what I have right now. <laughs> It's just 20% away. <laughs> That's right. It's so close I can taste it. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I, I mean, I knew that salaries had been growing a lot. I had been at this company for like six, five or six years um, so I was, do you feel like you're trying to like catch up a little a bit? A little bit. I felt like maybe I hadn't kept pace. I had done fine in, in yeah. reality. It was fine. Um, but I just, I'm always looking for more money. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a greedy little <laughs> son of a gun. 
yeah. grubby fingers all over the cash. The good news is it has made you happier every single time. Every right? single time. I, I come home and I'm like, that extra 50 bucks per paycheck makes all the difference. <laughs> I followed the money and at the end of the money trail was happiness. <laughs> the stories were right after all. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, have we answered the question? Uh Oh, no. There's one more thing I got to tell you. Oh, okay. So when I said you're a few months too late, you might have been 12 months too late. And let me just <laughs> what? let me just put this in perspective. I have seen companies that will make a plan because remember, when you're looking at the finances for a company, the engineer's salaries are usually a pretty big component of the company's expenses. So it turns out that accountants and the people that run the finance part of your company, they want a plan for next year, this year. So they want to know, like, what is the salaries? expenses what are the salary expenses going to be next year for engineering and frankly for every department so there's actually a good chance that your boss already went through and submitted preliminary raise amounts for every person on their team about a huh. year early so like predestination yeah <laughs> this is how good each person will do this year <laughs> destiny has your salary i don't control this it's destiny um so yeah really no seriously like it could very well have already been decided 12 months before it has been awarded. So um, I would advise you to have a heart-to-heart with your boss and say, tell me this process. When is this number determined? What influences this number? And when you finally choose the number, what is the range that you're allowed to play in without getting, you know, burdensome approvals? Yeah. And know that because you need to know the, the, the world you're working in in order to start negotiating a little bit. So I, I have one more question. What what incentives do managers have to not just give as much of a raise as they can? Like, why why wouldn't they just want to give as, their team as much money as possible? Do they have pressure from their boss to keep costs low? Do they get, like, is there some financial reward tied to it? I don't is think it, so. I don't yeah, know. No, I, it? I think it's more like a, a budget where they say, look, you have X percent of this year's salary pool as your budget for next year's salary for your mm. people. So divvy it up as you see fit and you're not allowed to go beyond X percentage per person. And uh, I heard a story from that same company that got acquired by a big defense contractor where there was this one group. I remember they were called the ops group, but it wasn't ops like you would think of. They were like hardware testers and their manager had taken like free reign and kind of went rogue and there were no guidelines. There were no caps on raises. And so this manager started giving his people really good raises to, to the point that these hardware testers whose job was to follow instructions and connect wires and test and record results were making more than the engineers who had built and designed the boxes. Oh, man. And some other department manager found out about it and just freaked out and was like, no way. Like this person has been running uh, rogue and uh, it's unfair. And, and, you know, if every if every engineer got raises the way the ops people got raises, we would be bankrupt and all this stuff, you know. And so it was at that point that they came down with like this 8% cap where they were like, no one goes over 8% ever any year. Mm -hmm. And then when we got bought by the big defense contractor, they capped it even further. I think it was like 4 or 5%. Hmm. Um, but the funny thing is, so so I think the opposite is true. You said, are, are managers incentivized to keep these things low? I think no. I think they are incentivized to stay within their budget to avoid getting in trouble. But I've never heard of a situation where they get like some kickback if they keep salaries under some amount. I hope 
that doesn't exist because that would lead to some <laughs> real perverse incentives. Oh, yeah. It probably does. The world is a big oh, enough oh, place for sure. that I'm sure that exists. Oh, for sure. That would suck. Okay, cool. That's 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 useful info. Oh, but here's, here's one more thing. Um, that same company, because of that 8% cap, um, my manager, my department manager, he figured out that even though people were capped at 8%, if someone came in and they were super low on salary, he could actually do a mid-year review for that person and give them a mid-year raise for like another 8% or something or 6%. There was some other cap. And so he totally gamed the system and figured out that for his top performers, if he really wanted to give them raises, he could do it um, beyond what the company's policy allowed by doing these mid-years. It was pretty hmm. cool. He, I think when, hmm. you, when you go into management, you have to be willing to play some games to be successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in larger companies. Okay. Now have we answered the question? <laughs> You're like, please, can this question end? <laughs> I think so. We said words. Yeah, those were great words. <laughs> All right, shall I read the next one? Yes. Okay, this comes from an anonymous listener who says, can working part-time when it's possible to work full-time to invest in personal development look bad to a future employer? The context is that I've been working part-time as an Android developer since February of 2016 while I pursue a master's degree. But in March, I'll finish my master's and I'm tempted to continue working as a part-time developer. Hmm. Part-time versus full-time. Bad idea or great idea? I think there's a couple axes you can look at this on. One is, does it look bad to employers? And you just don't tell them <laughs> it's part-time, then it's fine. <laughs> and if they, I mean, don't lie, right? If they explicitly ask, was this full-time or part-time? You should not be untruthful. But you just say you were working. You don't have to say... I was working half time. Right. Like they don't ask you how many hours per week did you do this job for two years? Yeah, exactly. Because, and, and you shouldn't tell them because I think there are some incorrect biases about how it's not as valuable of work. If you're working part time, mm -hmm. um, gen that's like internships or I don't know, that's, that's what students do or, right, right. I don't know. And, and I don't know that those are necessarily true. I think that work is still valuable. Um, so I don't think it will actively harm you in the job hunt if you are looking to develop skills yeah it depends on what you do at that time this was basically my life uh as a consultant billable hours i worked about part-time and then i did stuff the rest of my time and sometimes i was really productive and i dove into cool technical things a lot of the time i just hung out with my family or went on scenic drives or <laughs> oh you probably rode your motorcycle yeah a lot more i did I, I watched random YouTube videos that just lifted me up to a higher plane. <laughs> but it wasn't all just heads down, like, I'm going to use this time to improve as a person. Oh, right, um, right, and, right. And so life was good, but it wasn't like I came out a way better developer because of the way I'd spent my time in part-time. Or, or how should I say this? It wasn't like I came out with much better coding skills mm -hmm. because of what I was doing outside of the time I was working. But if, if that's your goal, I think you can do it if you're really self-driven and focused. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe don't have as many kids knocking on your door. <laughs> One kid knocking on my door is too many for me <laughs> to, to accomplish all that stuff. A, a thing you will not learn, though, is how to work with people or how to work in projects or how things fail. It, some detail that wasn't in what we read was um, the the place this person works is not the greatest right now they don't do testing their code isn't great they they don't communicate super well they don't even have regular meetings 
Code of yeah, the years. I think that's funny. That's a downside. So some people, that's an upside, <laughs> but but it feels like that's a symptom of we don't communicate well. Yeah. And so maybe the question asker feels like, well, I can't really learn much at work, so I need to focus my time outside of work. And you can learn a lot from dysfunctional situations. <laughs> and you could try and change it. See what would it take to get testing practices in place or code reviews. That's true. Uh, and and a lot of the work of software development is not sitting down and writing the code. A lot of it is how do you move organizations? How do you mm-hmm. get a team to agree on something? Mm-hmm. How do you figure out what the right thing to build is? And that's stuff that I don't think you can learn as easily on your own. Absolutely. But if you want to like dive into compilers or like learn a language or mm-hmm. mess around with machine learning stuff, then that's that's all Purely technical things are much easier to just learn inside projects on your own time, I think. That's a really good distinction. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think I read, I think Sarah May maybe had a tweet storm about this recently. She's like the the queen of tweet storms about software engineering. I think she said something about that. Okay. I will find it and link it. Awesome. So basically, for future employment, I think we agree this is not harmful at all. They may not even know or care. And what was the other axis? Like personal development? Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, if you're finishing I mean, the, a master's these axes degree, didn't show up in the question, but I I feel like that's something you're considering. Like, yeah. will I learn more? Will I have a hard time getting a job? Yeah, you definitely won't have a hard time getting a job. That's my opinion. But uh, and I think this person because they're doing a master's degree while working part time as a developer, I'm gonna guess they're pretty driven, um, and so they can they'll probably be able to make really good use of that part time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although if it was <laughs> if it was me and I've just finished a master's degree, I'd probably be pretty burned out, and I would just use that part time uh, leftover time to just watch YouTube. Yeah, the Jameson style of self improvement. <laughs> <laughs> you like finish watching all the dumb animals with their voices with their noises replaced with stupid voices. <laughs> and you like accidentally end up on an educational video, and you hurry up and fast forward through it <laughs> give get... me back to that talking orange i gotta get more of that <laughs> another another reason i mean you can definitely learn technical things on the job um it's much easier to learn things you don't know anything about on your own time i feel like if if you somehow heaven forbid end up in a situation where you need to write a database like that sounds like it'd be super fun Uh, And also really hard to do well, but super fun. And maybe you don't know anything about that. So you're probably not going to get that job. But if you're doing it on your own, you can just be like, I don't care. I'll just do it anyways Mm -hmm. and and learn from it. So maybe there are some kinds of technical tasks that are interesting to you that you lack the knowledge to do that you wouldn't get assigned at work just because you don't have the expertise already in those fields. Say if, if you are really into machine learning, but there's a data science team already, it it might be harder to kind of work your way into doing that work versus just playing with it on your own. Yeah, that's probably true. That makes sense. Yeah, I say go for it. I think this is awesome. I would love to see more people doing alternative work arrangements like this where you get more of your time to do self-directed things. And uh, if you can get by on half of a salary or you know whatever the part-time pays, I think that's great. I would totally, I would love to do this. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I don't know if I have anything else to say about this right now. I feel like... I feel like I didn't even say anything funny. <laughs> I had too many comments written down of things I needed to say that were serious and important. Let's see. Maybe you could link us to some of those orange, talking orange videos. That would be pretty good. Those are really funny. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're, they're, they're horrible. <laughs> they're so inane. Oh, 
I watched much funnier YouTube videos on my own time. <laughs> I, you know, I've gotten on a, a string of these science YouTube videos, like Backyard Scientist and Smarter Every Day and stuff like that. And uh, uh-huh. they all tend to cross over and like they'll go do collaborations with each other. And I noticed... Okay, don't don't lie. What percentage are just them shooting stuff with slow motion cameras? Uh, 80. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the other 20% is them smashing stuff with slow motion cameras. <laughs> Um, and I noticed myself laying in bed watching some of these videos the other night and I just, I had one of those moments where I actually kind of got away from myself and looked at myself and I realized I had this big smile on my face (laughs) and it had been there the whole time. And I was like, I really enjoy these videos. Look at me. I'm just this big, silly grin. I was just so happy watching this guy blow up watermelons with molten aluminum in his backyard. You know, I'm just like, this is the best. They just make me so See, happy. That's like me, but when I watch uh, Neil Sussegera videos, like he does all these remixes of songs where he'll take uh, Crocodile Rock and Chop Suey by System of a Down and mash them up. <laughs> or like what's, Smash what Mouth is, shows up in what all What is songs. Crocodile Rock? The Elton John song. Oh, okay. I don't know it. Okay. I don't know. I'll link it. You can't tell from that hook oh man i it have it has nothing to do with how bad i am at saying that surely <laughs> yeah that's that's the same except mine are less noble they're just like hilarious <laughs> but you're sitting but there only to me you have like a big stupid grin on your face you're like i just, yeah, exactly. I just love this so much <laughs> a key element of it is that my wife does not think they're funny that's how i know if it's like my jam is i'm just cracking up and i show it to her and she just stares at me and just to be clear you said that a musical mashup is less noble than blowing up a watermelon with molten aluminum yeah because that's science right uh i told me that's science is it okay and the channel has the word (laughs) science in the name I'm pretty sure that's science. So, so bringing it back to soft skills, I have a great friend of mine who was a chemist by training, and he once told me that if your discipline has the word science in it, it's not science. Have you ever heard that before? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Yeah, yeah. So biology, that's a science. Chemistry, that's a yeah, science. That, Physics, that's yeah. They a don't science. have to say math science, right? <laughs> but computer science, uh, not science. <laughs> yeah. And there's others too, but I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> <laughs> more than you already have by insulting <laughs> computer science well i think that about wraps it up that was uh just a fantastic way to end this wonderful question about part-time work because one of the things you could do in your part-time is start a youtube channel um i can't tell if you're joking or not but i think that's a good idea i'm honestly. actually i'm actually not joking that would be awesome i i've looked at some of these youtube channels and i've thought i could have done that I could have thrown a basketball <laughs> through a basketball hoop on the, on the other side of a pool and gotten two million views. I was talking about like a little screencast of the cool stuff you're learning. Even better. Yeah, I, I have could, a little I could collection of YouTube channels I subscribe to <laughs> that aren't like famous people. It's just there's this random guy that does all these really cool Vim things. There's this other guy that he, he does these random computer science videos. He did one about like making your own font. Oh, um, that's cool. And like how computationally complex it could be to slice the the letters into different shapes and recombine them and mm-hmm. i don't know it's just little little random fun things you could do that's awesome you should totally do that in your part-time all right well i think we've gotten to the end of the episode now <laughs> yep maybe, we have maybe even a little past it <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. If you want to hear more episodes or subscribe or ask a question, you can go to softskills.audio. That's our website. There's a button to ask a question on there. Uh, there's probably links to subscribe. I think Dave put them there in. There are. There are. I, I hope did they're still there. They are, and they are still there. Okay. Awesome. You can do that there. If you are interested, you can leave a comment on the shows too. I think we have a discus little comment widget at the bottom of every episode page. We do. And if you enjoy the show, please share it. Uh, tweeting about it is an easy way. Uh, we've already talked about stealing people's phones and just subscribing them to it. <laughs> we need a new angle. <laughs> What's the angle? Remote subscriptions through the, uh, the specter vulnerability. I think it's blockchain and the proof of work is <laughs> subscriptions to the uh, the podcast. Nice. Okay. Sounds yeah. great. That will surely work. I think we're done. That's we'll it. We'll catch you next week. Thanks.